Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Senator Mike Duffy had a lot of expenses. According to Crown prosecutors, he expensed makeup. He expensed $10,000 on a personal trainer consultant. And the Crown alleges he used a slush fund to send checks to journalists. Duffy had one of his companies pay Ezra Levant over $4,000 to write speeches for him. Levant was a working newspaper columnist for Sun at the time. And Duffy had another company of his pay journalist and author Mark Burry 500 bucks for website analysis. At least that's what was written on the check. All of this has come out over the last couple of weeks at Mike Duffy's trial. Katie O'Malley of the CBC and David Aiken, formerly of Sun News, they were both tweeting about the checks and emails that were released as evidence, as public documents. And when we saw that, that there was the story about journalists getting paid, uh, that sounded like a Canada Land story. And we hired David Aiken to write a post for us about it. And he did. Mark Burry was not happy with what David Aiken wrote for us. On Twitter, he called us reckless and ruthless and libelous. He called me a douche. 
And he said many times that he planned to sue us. I said, Mark, why don't you just tell your side of things? And I will be back in a moment to talk to journalist and Duffy trial witness, Mark Burry. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Matt Vanderkui, Adam Cox, David Berdotti, Scott Lauschway, Matt Harrop, Catherine Lawrence Mansfield, Emily Johnson, Eric Larson, Josh Newman, Holly Pike, Chris Miller, and Jillian Butler. Jillian, why did you decide to be awesome? Because it's important to us that Canadian journalists have a safe way to chase down the truth without worrying about risking their livelihood or upsetting the wrong people. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by CJFE. I've been telling you what this kind of amazing and amazingly small organization, Canadian Journalists for Free Expression, does. They give small grants to journalists in distress, people who've been shot or in need of help or who are fleeing oppressive regimes. CJFE also lobbies our government for access to information and for press freedom, and they win. And they also give out awards. Now, I usually don't think too highly of journalism awards. We're always giving each other awards in this industry. What is the point? But CGFE's awards do have a point. They are given to extraordinary journalists from around the world. And the idea of these awards is to let the governments and the people who might harm these journalists know that the world is paying close attention to what's happening. This year, we gave an award to uh, Alexei Matsuka, an editor out of Donetsk in eastern Ukraine. So he's one of basically the only independent journalists with no partisanship, no political affiliations, telling the truth 
from Ukraine. And he's had he had to flee Donetsk and move to Kiev because he was being his his house was firebombed, his car was firebombed, his offices were broken into by uh, a guy a uh, fingerprints matching some thug who'd been brought up on uh, murder charges before. There were people after him. We brought him here to tell his story and raise more awareness about what's going on in the Ukraine. Guys, I volunteer for CJFE. I am a member and you should become a member too. Go to cjfe.org, click become a member and find out about the perks and pub nights with journalists and their annual review, all of which you will get when you join me and become a member. Membership is currently drastically reduced for listeners of this podcast. It's just 30 bucks. Go do it. CJFE.org. And we should start with the disclosure. Whenever somebody comes on the show who's uh, supported it through the Patreon, I like to say so. And you've been a generous supporter of Canada Land, yes? Yeah, yeah. Well, relatively. I mean, generosity, I think, will come into our conversation at some point, right? My second question, Mark, are we cool, man? Are you, are you suing me? Yes. No. Okay. You know, it's so hard to, to deal with friends in this world anymore, especially when you start to feel like you're in the bottom of a pylon. And the only way to get out is to, you know, pull a hand grenade out or something. And sometimes you have to do that to get people's attention. You got my attention, but I'm glad to get that out of the way. You're not suing me. You're not suing David Aiken for what he wrote on Canada Land's website? No, I mean, you can't sue one person, not the other. No. Okay. Poor David Aiken can just go stumble along through life uh, being David Aiken. All right. Well, I don't want to get sued by David Aiken now. So let's- no, let's not get sued by David Aiken. I mean, um, he he tries. Everybody in the world has the right to, to try, and David is trying. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let us. You just testified at the Mike Duffy trial. That's something. That's a little piece of Canadian history for you. Uh, was that was that fun? How was that? It was fun until I saw the court drawing. Um, it was. I wouldn't call it fun. It, it's really hard to remember things that didn't seem important six years ago uh, about somebody who's you know a friend, but not particularly close friend. When I was going through incredible changes in my own life because I was going from freelance journalism into what I thought was an academic career, into uh, writing books, putting my wife through law school, uh, me deciding not to stay in academia in Montreal, me going into the archives for a year to work on books. And in the background is this little roly-poly fellow who's got this problem that I'm always trying to solve, which is the fact that he is a lightning rod for people's opinions. We're, we are talking about Senator Mike Duffy now. At first journalist Mike Duffy, then Senator Mike Duffy, because I remembered something last night um, uh, that the first time I ever did anything for this guy was way, way back when I wrote a letter to the CRTC saying that his show, which was on a 15-minute loop on the CTV Newsnet, um, should be uh, put onto a half-hour Loop, which was uh, a, some kind of big deal back then in the Stone Age. Uh, I liked the guy a lot. He's a very likable man. He was, he was always nice to me and to my kids in a town where everybody who's sort of a TV star is such a bloody snob. You, you have to understand Ottawa a lot better than most people do to realize that, well, a lot of the print people are, are very nice people. The people that you re- recognize on TV are a bunch of pricks. And Mike Duffy wasn't a prick. And he stood out so strongly in that way. 
he's obviously a, a, a good friend of yours. And, um, you know, I've heard you hear a lot of things and people have a lot of different experiences, not all of them as positive as yours around Duffy, but, but I won't challenge that he's, uh, your fondness for him is, is, is evident and seems genuine. And, and I, uh, that's what got you in the situation where you're testifying. So what exactly did you do for him when he was a senator? When he was a senator, I was at Concordia, and we've always been looking at this thing, and I think Aiken looked at this thing completely backwards, because at the time, I was teaching, and I expected to always be teaching. What were you teaching? I was teaching journals and media studies at Concordia in Montreal. I was just finishing my PhD. I was still a member of the gallery in that... I like to go in there, use the library. I, the press gallery, the parliamentary pre- press gallery. Yeah, the parliamentary press gallery. I I, uh, I was still writing, keeping my hands in writing because I believed that if I was going to be a prof, I didn't want to be one of these people who sort of hung it up and just pontificated about my fabulous old days. Uh, and it got to the point where by the time I was doing the stuff for Duffy, I was even a judge on the National Newspaper Awards because I wasn't doing any newspaper writing. The, the, the magazine writing I was doing was historical writing, stuff about um, – I did a piece for the for, Canadian, for Canada's history, a, a cover piece about um, a, a person who was sponsored by the Toronto Star to go break up speakeasies and ended up shooting a guy in his own uh, blind pig, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and op-ed pieces and longer pieces about censorship and, and things like that. And so doing a favor for Duffy in a situation like that didn't seem to be a huge deal because I wasn't a reporter doing scrums, doing news stories on the Senate. I was uh, basically an author, magazine report, reporter, and mostly at that point a professor. So what was the favor? Uh, it was to try and deal with the stuff that Duffy saw as nasty uh, on the internet that uh, it's. It, I mean, you can you can Google Duffy now, and you can see what people write. But uh, back then, it was uh, it was a, there was a lot less, of course. And he seemed to find it all. And it was there was stuff that was very personal. Uh, you know, a lot of fat shaming, which uh, people should talk about that a little more in this case, by the way. Stuff about him being a drunk. Um, Stuff. There was the thing with Stoffer and him slurring his words. You would clean up his online profiles and you would correct misinformation, take off nasty comments that were made about, about Mike Duffy. Remember Wikipedia's rules is that you can't edit your own page. Rather than go on there and fight on his Wikipedia page, which I've done about Wikipedia pages, about my own Wikipedia page where people were talking about you know, what a dumbass and asshole I've been on, on the page itself and on talk pages – I mostly try to deal with their administrators, their their complaints process. So they were fairly receptive to the point where if, if there was something that was just so obviously vile that nobody would argue that it was – I don't hate to keep throwing the word libelous around, but just, just wrong to have on. They would take it down. So how long did this favor take you? There were bits of time. So we're talking about a year and a half of just dribs and drabs, phone calls, emails. Take a look at this. Take a look at that. Uh, whether it was blogs or YouTube or Wikipedia, uh, sometimes there were stories that were written about him, and he'd want me to, you know, sort of. I think he just sometimes wanted me to calm him down a little bit. He didn't like the picture on Wikipedia, and he wanted to know how he could get a picture on there that didn't make him look horrible. The, the, the pictures that they've had of him are pretty grim. So it wasn't just misinformation and slander, you know, just like trying to have a. 
an online reputation that, that flatters you. He was a thin-skinned guy, it sounds like. Well, and, and that was balanced. I mean, you look at the Wikipedia page of him now, and there's two inches about him being, you know, Mike Duffy, the 25, whatever it was, 30 years on the Hill is probably the most famous journalist in, on Parliament Hill of his day. And then the rest of it is, you know, he got busted for impaired. He got busted for, you know, some kind of tax problem or lost some kind of tax court case. I mean, it's legit to put in all the stuff about the controversy that's going on now. But I look at it as, as a historian and and I see that this guy, when, when you come to tally up his life, yeah, there'll be this scandal. But that's in the context of a very a very long life. I mean, he may be remembered by the general public for the scandal, but he also has a whole pile of other things that he's done in his life, um, some good, some bad. The idea of Wikipedia for some people is to, to put up a page that says, you know, Jesse Brown, and then just dig up any kind of shit they can on you uh, and put that into a controversy section and, and negate everything you've ever done that might be any good for anybody. What I read from the court testimony is that you add up all those drips and drabs and you spent uh, 80 to 100 hours doing this for Duffy. That was, you know, it's a sort of a number I had to pull out of my ass in some ways. Uh, I don't know because I never kept track. I mean, this is something that just didn't seem very important. Um, but it was enough time that I, I, I in court I thought about it in terms of a week or two weeks. And I thought, well, maybe about two and a half weeks of, of stuff. There were times when it got really time consuming, especially dealing with YouTube and stuff where, where I was reading all these policies and how to deal with them. And you get down after you read, you know, 20 pages of policies, it just basically tells you at the end to go fuck yourself and get and get a court order. You know, I would had my problems with Warren Kinsella over the years. We, we worked it out now. But if you had gone on my Google page or why at some point you would see, you know, the 10 reasons why Mark Burry is the biggest asshole in the world. Now, after I asked for the trophy, which did not exist, by the way, I said, well, okay, well, every time I want to sell a story or pitch a book or get a job teaching, someone's going to pump my name into Google and they're going to see there are 10 reasons why Mark Burry is the world's biggest asshole. And every time Mike Duffy, uh, Senator Mike Duffy rolls into, you know, ass and Saskatchewan and wants to speak to the Rotary Club, they're going to pull up. There's the man, oh, impaired, drunk, fat fuck, corrupt journalist, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that has a value. It really does. So it sounds like that is a pretty uh, generous favor to give to a friend. Like, And when you say a favor, I take from that that there was no discussion of you getting paid. Uh, it, well, I mean, generous. It, it's a lot different to do something over a long period of time for a very short amount of time. than If someone said to me, would you spend the next two and a half weeks sitting down fixing my reputation? I, I would literally have to say no right now because I don't have the time. That's what sounded weird to me was that you spent 80 to 100 hours cleaning up the online reputation as a favor to a friend. I consider myself a pretty good friend. I've helped people move sofas and shit like that, but I, I wouldn't do that for anyone. I probably wouldn't do it, you know, sp spread over, over two years either. But I was studying journalism at the – or I was not studying journalism. I was teaching journalism at the time, so I wanted to know this stuff anyway. I was thinking of going to law school after I put my wife through law school, so – you know, it's valuable that way. And now I actually went and did it. I went to I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to actually use this material um, when I'm finished. What you're saying, I think, is that it was interesting for you in your other. It was really interesting for me. Yeah, he's a he's a odd duck. You know, it's it's you've got this guy who who's just been appointed to the Senate. I've just started teaching. So I've got this this bizarro friend in the Senate 
who is walking around sort of the king of the hill of journalism, who's got a skin as thin as onion paper, and I'm doing this really intriguing work trying to solve a problem and seeing, well, can I solve this problem? Can somebody do this as a consultant with just a doctorate, say, if they don't want to teach anymore? So, I mean, I was looking at what, what was I going to do for the future? And here was this skill I was learning. Um, so, I, you know, I, you don't make a lot of money getting educated. So and I didn't see it as something I would make money on from, from Mike Duffy. Um, and then one day he shot me a check for it. And, you know, I wish I hadn't cashed it now looking back. Um, but then if I had not cashed it, I suppose I could be like most of the other journalists in town who do favors for politicians and they never have to set foot in a courtroom to explain them. So I think that that sounds completely plausible to me. And if there's any question of was this really a favor or were you doing it for the money? If you were doing it for the money, I would hope you get a lot more than 500 bucks. Yeah. And I always – establish the price of my work before I do something. So if I if I was going to be paid by someone, yeah, you're going to pay me 50 bucks an hour or 75 bucks an hour or whatever. I said in court 100 bucks an hour for that kind of work and I have charged that much for consulting work. That's what we charge. You have, I have a doctorate, I have a master's in journalism. Uh, I, I believe you. You're worth every penny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could yammer on about this stuff. No, I, I don't think the problem is is the figure where you got into trouble here is that you you then wrote about Duffy. So you're you're a journalist covering politics. Uh, I know I know you say you're, you're you're a journalism you know teacher at the time, but you did write about Duffy after taking his money, right? I wrote three things about Duffy, um, and and on, in two of them I disclosed the fact I was a friend of Duffy's. Uh, and in my book, I, I mean, I wrote a book about Stephen Harper, and it's pretty damn hard to write a book about Stephen Harper without mentioning the fact there's a Duffy scandal going on. We had actually, I had actually put a couple of lines in the book about my friendship with Duffy, and we were doing the edits, the substantial edits, not the copy edits of the book, around the time he got charged, and there was some cold feet there, and I don't really want to get into it, but we decided to take that out. Um, I wish that had stayed in. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else there was about Duffy, but there's nothing in there saying, you know, Mike Duffy's a great guy or Mike Duffy did this wonderful work for the Senate. I didn't cover the Senate. I, I didn't cover anything Mike Duffy did as a senator. Can I can I I, I have to interrupt you here because like reading from your book, Duffy had a reputation as an honest man gregarious, friendly, and generous with his fans. The whole section in your book, starting at page 92, is a defense of Mike Duffy against an editorial written by Preston Manning. And similarly, the Ottawa Magazine article you wrote for their website is titled A Defense of Mike Duffy. And in there, you write, I mean, you do disclose in that one that you're his friend, but in that one, you also say that he spends his summers in PEI, which has become a a hotly contested point. But in the book, the book is talking about it's, I mentioned Mike Duffy. First of all, it's not me out of the blue saying that. I also quote, and people miss that. I, I quote Stevie Cameron uh, writing before I ever moved to Ottawa, publishing the, uh, a big long chunk of a book saying that Mike Duffy uh, is uh, – all of that stuff about him being gregarious is cited, I think, to Stevie Cameron about how nobody would be surprised if he was in the Senate. But the, but the, but the, the, the sort of quantum of the piece – of that section of the book is talking about the idea that the press gallery should somehow have punished Mike Duffy for wanting a Senate seat and me making the point if anybody's going to do it, it would be the uh, his employers and saying that this was just another cheap shot attack on the press gallery. 
And yeah, so I, I do say like in, I don't know, maybe 200 words, what I think of Mike Duffy. Um, yeah. Me talking about a guy that five years before I had taken $500 from uh, in, in stuff that I'd almost essentially forgotten is not a horrendous journalistic sin. Mark, Mark, come on. No one's accusing you of a, of a horrible journalistic sin, but the fact that you did all this reputation management work for Mike Duffy, the fact that you were then paid anything by Mike Duffy and then wrote all of this very nice stuff about Mike Duffy in your journalistic book, in an Ottawa magazine piece, is a problem in your journalism. I don't think you were bought for 500 bucks, but you got to admit that's a problem in your journalism. You can do two things. You can disclose, which two of the pieces you're talking about I did disclose, or you can recuse. And, in, it, and norm, you know, I... I maybe should have been more clear in the book, but the book is not about Mike Duffy and it's not about the Senate and it's not about Harper scandals. It's about information control in Ottawa. And the part that the book deals with that you're talking about that you seem to think is so important to the book, which is a, what an 80,000 word book. And we're talking about 40 words in that book. I don't think it's so important to your book. And I'm not saying that you wrote a book about Duffy. I'm saying in your book, you, you defend Mike Duffy at some length. People, if we're going to hold people to a level of, 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 of scrutiny where they can't write 40 words in the course of five years where I've written three books in the last five years about a guy that I took $500 from for some work I did for him as a friend, then I don't think anybody can, can even function in a society where we have people – who are willing to destroy the reputation of a person, which I thought was going on with me. And I think that's still think that there was an element of that. No one is trying to destroy your reputation and no one's saying that. Now, now, that's a, now we're talking stretches. <laughs> Mark, I will make mistakes as bad or worse than this. So this is only getting looked at through this crazy laser focus because your response was to deny everything and, and threaten to sue me. So now we got to get so specific. But I, like, I, I just kind of think you could say, yeah, I mean, you, you said it in this interview. I wish I hadn't taken – I shouldn't have taken the money or I probably should have done the reputation work for him. I don't – you know, the, the I wish – OK, if I could t take anything back – well, I wish – in a way, I wish I hadn't taken the money. Uh, I still would have done the – I still would have done the stuff for the guy. And, you know um, – I would think in Ottawa, those kind of favors are going on all the time. But can, can, I, can I pause you there? Like I cover journalists, right? So like I think if it was discovered that I spend 100 hours like cleaning up the online profile of Peter Mansbridge, that would be weird to the people who, who trust me to, to report on, on journalists. Yeah, and it, it would be weird to me. Uh, too, because I don't cover the Senate and I don't cover Mike Duffy. Except when you do. And then I disclose <laughs> or I write 40 words in a book where I'm talking about something else saying Preston Manning's full of shit for trying to blame the gallery for the appointment of Mike Duffy. That's the point of the paragraph. It's not, oh, Mike Duffy should be let off the hook or Mike Duffy's innocent or Mike Duffy's being pilloried. People are writing stuff like that now. I mean, nobody was writing that then. And I'm saying don't blame the press gallery for that. If you want to go after somebody – Blame his former employers. Blame the CBC and CTV. That's the point of the piece. And 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 the what what where you screw up and where Aiken screwed up is that you constantly just look for little things 
out of context to to do gotcha on people. And it, it well, we asked you, we asked you for really comments on it about you because you do such good work. You know, I, and I'll tell you, five hundred bucks doesn't buy a lot of protection. I'm doing little quotes with my fingers in the great world because I'm giving you four hundred eighty bucks. And you guys fucked me as hard as you could. <laughs> Did you not cancel your support of Canada Land? I'm back on when you stop being a dick. Uh, and I got a T-shirt. <laughs> and that T-shirt, an inch under the armpit, was already unstitched. Jesse? I will you send you. I believe that Vietnamese school children make good T-shirts, but I don't, okay? For $40 a month. I'm tired of you, Brown, exploiting <laughs> third world children to get your money. For your 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 little habit of trashing people by exploiting the children of the third world, I I think I'll switch from media law to how to to fuck over people who are exploiting third world children, Mister Brown. I think we're done here. You gotta get some context. I wish you would have given us some. We we went to you for comment. When we, I was a witness. There was nothing stopping you. And don't tell me Ezra Levant talked to you because this guy loses more libel suits than my children lose teeth. <laughs> All right, what's gonna happen to Duffy? What's going on? Here's Duffy's five hundred bucks paying off. The man's gonna either walk on everything serious, or he's gonna die, and everybody who's been on this guy's case is gonna look like a real chump. What about this trove of dirt he claims to have? Is that going to surface? Judges don't like that stuff. I doubt it. All right. Mark Burry, can I call you a journalist or is that is that still in contention? Lawyer in training. Friend of the show. Libel chill, Mark. It's a real thing. It's not the first time you threatened to sue me, man. We, 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 have, to, we have to be able to do this. We have to be able to talk. We have to be able to talk, but you got to, you, you know, first of all, when, when the friendly stranger comes by with something shiny... As I tell my children, um, don't smoke it, okay? I, I have no idea what, what I'm that talking means. about David Aiken, who never written anything for you, who comes by with this fabulous story. We came to him. You never asked us. We asked him for the story. Well, anyway, uh, this is a town where, where you've got a, a bunch of rats in a little box, and the rats are either fucking or they're fighting. Okay, and if you understand that, I think you understand Ottawa. And I can understand why Mike Duffy went out of town to get a puppy, because if you want a loyal friend in this town, you get a dog. And if you're smart, you go out of town to get the goddamn dog. That's your Canada Land podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can always email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. The website is CanadaLandShow.com and the crowdfunding site is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. The next episode of CanadaLand Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. If you like this show, support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. 
and thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.